the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We see this throughout the Bible where the Lord often likes to choose the lesser over the greater, or the last over the first, or the weak over the strong, or the foolish over the wise, or the nobodies over the important people. So there's hope for us. (laughs) That's good news for us. The Bible tells us the reason that God does this so that he gets all the glory. And you know that's true. People fight to get credited for whatever small part they had in a successful venture. Have you ever done that? Most likely so, if only in a small way. This is how most people are raised, to take credit for what they've done right. But as Pastor Dan will be teaching, that's not how God works things. Because he wants the credit alone, he picks the most unlikely people to accomplish great things for his kingdom. He enjoys working this way. So let him work his wonders through you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 48 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So then Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, who are these? Now, Jacob can't see very well in his old age. So he asked Joseph, who are these? And Joseph said to his father, they are my sons. Look what he says, whom God has given me in this place. And he said, please bring them to me and I will bless them. I love Joseph's answer here. He doesn't just say, these are my sons. He says, these are my sons whom God has given me. Children are a gift from God. God gives us our children. Psalm 127, verse 3. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. And to see your children as God's gift to you and trusted into your care, that you're to steward into adulthood. And so Jacob says, please bring them to me and I will bless them. He's going to declare the patriarchal blessing upon his grandsons that he's adopting as his own sons. And it says in verse 10, Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age, so that he could not see. Then Joseph brought them near to him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And I love what he says in verse 11. And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face, but in fact, God has also shown me your offspring." As Jacob embraced his grandsons, he looked at Joseph and said, I didn't think I'd ever see your face again. And here I am holding my grandsons. I think Jacob was just blown away here by the goodness of God and what God had done in bringing this all together where he's reunited with his son Jacob and now he sees his own grandchildren from Joseph. He's just blessed by the Lord. 
And so verse 12, so Joseph brought them from beside his knees and look what it says. And he, Joseph bowed down with his face to the earth. Now this is a biblical practice I would love to see come back into the church where your children bow down before you. How wonderful would that be? You come home from work, kids are there at the door to bow down before you go into the kitchen to make a sandwich, kids bow down. When you get up to go into the kitchen, that'd be great. Actually, what's happening here, and the reason Joseph bows down, is because Jacob is about to give Joseph the birthright and declare this patriarchal blessing and pass the blessing on to his, his sons. And this is actually mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21, if you're taking notes. It says, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. And that's what we have here. And so verse 13, and what Joseph did, because his dad is old and can't see very well, Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near him. Manasseh is the older son, the firstborn, typically the oldest son, receives the blessing and the birthright. And so Joseph, what he does because of his dad's age and everything, he attempts to arrange his son so that his dad puts his right hand on Manasseh. By the way, if you're taking notes, this is the first time we see in the Bible a blessing with the laying on of hands. And it's a practice that continues on into the New Testament, something that we still do as part of the church today. And so verse 14, then Israel stretched out his right hand and he laid it on Ephraim's head who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hand knowingly or on purpose, for Manasseh was the firstborn. So Jacob crosses his hands, and he puts his right hand on the younger son, Ephraim, instead of the oldest son. Now, this isn't the first time we've seen this kind of switcheroo here with the birth order and the blessing. In fact, we've seen it quite a bit already in the book of Genesis. Cain was the firstborn, but Abel received the blessing. Ishmael was the firstborn, but Isaac received the blessing. Esau was the firstborn, but it was Jacob, who's here in this scene, who was blessed. Reuben is replaced here with Joseph. Later in the book of Exodus, Aaron was the firstborn, but Moses was blessed. God chose David to be king the youngest son of Jesse over all of David's brothers. We see this throughout the Bible where the Lord often likes to choose the lesser over the greater or the last over the first or the weak over the strong or the foolish over the wise or the nobodies over the important people. So there's hope for us. (laughs) That's good news for us. The Bible tells us the reason that God does this is so that he gets all the glory. So nobody looks and says, well, of course he chose him. Or of course he chose her. No, it's why did he choose him? Why did he choose her? Look at verse 15. Now he declares a blessing on Joseph. And I want you to see what he says here. And he blessed Joseph and said, 
Look what he says. God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked. The God who has fed me all my life long to this day. The angel who has redeemed me from evil. Bless the lads. Let my name be named upon them and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac. And let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Jacob declares in this prayer, God has fed me all my life long to this day. Literally, God has been my shepherd all my life. Your translation might even say that. God has been my shepherd all my life. He's cared for me. He's provided for me. He's guided me. The Lord has been my shepherd all my days. He's been my good shepherd. You know, many of us here, I know you could pray the same thing. You could say the same thing. Jesus has been my good shepherd all the days of my life and all of the trials and tribulations and difficulties and highs and lows and valley of death and all of it. He's been a good shepherd to me. Notice verse 16, it says, the angel, and it's probably capitalized in your Bible. It's the angel of the Lord. It's talking about Jesus Christ. This is a Christophany. It's an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. It's talking about Jesus Christ. Look what it says. The angel who has redeemed me from all evil. Man. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, you're a new creation. The Lord Jesus Christ has redeemed us from all evil through his death on the cross. He's redeemed us from evil that we aren't even aware of, that he's just redeemed us from it. So true. Now, if you're a note taker, this word redeemed It's the Hebrew word goel, goel. And it's an important word in the Bible. This is the first time it's used. It's the first time it's used here. It refers to the act of a kinsman redeemer. And we see a great illustration of a kinsman redeemer in Boaz in the book of Ruth, how he redeemed Ruth. He was her kinsman redeemer. So what is a kinsman redeemer? Well, let me give you like a real basic understanding of it. In Bible times, if a person got himself into some kind of trouble, he couldn't get himself out of like a debt he couldn't pay or became destitute and couldn't provide for himself or herself or because of his debt, he had to become a servant to the person he owed the debt to. The nearest male relative in the family who could afford to pay that person's debt and was willing to pay that person's debt. Because maybe that nearest male relative says, hey, you know what, that guy, he's my cousin, but he's a scoundrel. He's always getting in trouble. If I pay his debt, he's just going to get back into trouble again. I'm not willing to do it. So the person had to be able to afford to pay the person's debt. They got the money. And willing to pay the debt, they could pay the debt for the person and he could redeem that person 
out of the trouble they got themselves into. That's a kinsman redeemer, a family member who comes along and says, hey, I'm related to this person. I'll pay their debt. I'll buy their freedom. I'll pay it off, whatever it is, and I'll redeem them. That's the word here, a kinsman redeemer. Now, why is this important? Because Jesus Christ is our kinsman redeemer. We all got ourselves into trouble that we couldn't get ourselves out of. We all have a debt we couldn't pay. A debt of sin. The Bible says we all sin and the wages of sin is death. Death is the debt we owe that we couldn't pay. And the nearest male relative in our family who was able to pay the debt, had the ability to do it, and was willing to pay the debt was Jesus Christ. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. No one else in our family was able or willing to pay the debt. Go through all of the men in your family. All the, the only one you're going to find is Jesus Christ, our kinsman redeemer. And he redeemed us with his own blood on the cross, dying in our place as our substitute. Revelation chapter 5 verse 9 says, Jesus was slain and he has redeemed us. That's that same word. He has redeemed us to God by his own blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. He's our kinsman redeemer. Which also means we're all in the same family. We've all got the same kinsman redeemer. And so here we have the word redeemed for the first time in the Bible. Speaking of the angel Jesus Christ who has redeemed me from all evil. Verse 17 now after he declares this blessing praying for the children of Joseph. And I want you to note here before we move on to verse 17, note also that Jacob's prayer for his grandsons was not for material blessing or financial blessings, not praying for like success in their career. He prays for a spiritual blessing. That they would know and enjoy the promises of God. Again, I think for us, the application, of course, we want our kids, we want our grandkids to succeed in life. We don't want them to have a difficult life. We want them to prosper. But most importantly, we want them to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We want them to be saved. We want them to love the Lord and and walk with the Lord. And when you come to the end of your life, when I come to the end of my life, I'm not going to be thinking about my son's career or their income. And when I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to be grateful they know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And that I know that when I close my eyes and I go to be with the Lord, that one day they're going to join me in heaven. That's what's going to matter. And you see that here, just that my grandsons would know 
the relationship with God. And so now verse 17. Now when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. And so he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. You know what it's like if you have elderly parents try to help them. You know, like, here, give me your phone. I'll do it for you kind of thing. He said, no, no, dad, that's not what you, you want to put this hand on. You got it backwards, dad. Here, let me show you what you need to do. <laughs> and so verse 18, and Joseph said to his father, not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. Verse 19, but his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. You know, leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. He also shall become a people and he also shall be great. But truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, By you Israel will bless, saying, May God make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. And thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh, the younger above the older. Then Israel said to Joseph, look at verse 21. Behold, I'm dying, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. I love this. Jacob said to his son, Joseph, behold, I'm dying. Hey, by the way, we're all dying. You're dying. I'm dying. Ten out of ten of us are going to die. We all have an appointment with death. Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed unto man once to die. And then comes the judgment. James chapter 4 says your life is like a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. We're all dying. And Jesus offers us eternal life through faith in him. 1 John chapter 5 says he who has the son has life and he who does not have the son of God does not have eternal life. If you have Jesus Christ, you've you've received him as your Lord and Savior. You've put your trust in him and his death on the cross for you. You have eternal life. If you haven't, you don't have eternal life. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. But Jacob says here to his son, I'm dying. But God, I love this. I'm dying. But God will be with you. What a wonderful thing to be able to say to your children. To prepare them for when you die. I'm dying. I'm not going to be here forever. But listen, kids, God will be with you. After I'm gone, God will be with you. Just as God was with me during my life. Just as God was with me during my days, God will be with you after I'm gone. And God will take care of you and God will guide you and God will provide for you just as he did for me. So kids, I'm dying. I'm going to go one day. I'm going to be gone one day, but God will be with you. You just walk with Jesus, kids. And you lean upon him after I'm gone and he will be with you. And I can promise you, He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never fail you. I know because he never failed me, not once. All the years I walked with him. So you can just trust in him. 
Just these final words from a father to his son. I'm going to go. But God will be with you. And he'll bring you back to the land of your fathers. He'll bring you back to the land of Canaan. Just as he, he promised Jacob believed the word of God. The promises of God. And moreover, verse 22. I have given to you one portion. Speaking to Joseph above your brother's which I took from the hand of the Amorite which my, with my sword and my bow. Jacob gives Joseph a portion of land above his brothers, a portion of land that Jacob took from the hand of the Amorite with the sword and his bow. What's this talking about? It's about back in Genesis 34 when Simeon and Levi attacked the city of Shechem and took the city of Shechem. Simeon and Levi are the sword and the bow Jacob is speaking of. The word portion here is the word Shechem. In fact, your translation might even say Shechem instead of portion. I've given you, Joseph, Shechem above your brothers. Now, turn with me quickly over to John chapter 4. And this is where Jesus has this encounter with the woman at the well. Uh, Verse 5. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sukkar. Sukkar is in Shechem. Look what it says. Near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. So this is the plot of ground that Jacob gave Joseph way back in Genesis chapter 48. And it's at this location, at the well that's there, that Jesus has this beautiful interaction with this immoral woman who has been married five times in the past And she's currently shacked up with a guy that she's not married to. She's obviously looking for fulfillment in relationships with men. And she has this encounter with Jesus. And it's here that Jesus says to her down in verse 13, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Only Jesus Christ can satisfy us. So this takes place here on this plot of ground that Jacob gave to Joseph back in chapter 48. Now in Genesis 48, just in closing, we see Jacob do something that we all should do. And that is pass on a godly legacy to our children and our grandchildren. We should tell our kids And our grandkids, what Jesus Christ has done for us, how Jesus Christ has redeemed us and saved us and worked in our lives. We should talk to them about the saving work of Christ and his goodness and his blessing. And we should pray for our kids and pray with our kids and pray over our kids. And we should prepare them. For when we die and tell them, God will be with you. To just trust the Lord and walk with him. And he'll be a good shepherd to you just as he was a good shepherd to us. And pass on a godly legacy to the next generation. Lord, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you for the example of Jacob. And this this beautiful conversation that he has with his son and his grandsons and Lord, I I pray that we would be passing on a godly legacy to our children and our grandchildren. Lord, we thank you that you're with us 
always that you're a good shepherd. We thank you that you've redeemed us from all evil. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how he interacts and intercedes with those he's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.